Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello, this is Ken Roshan, the co-founder of Big Events USA with my co-host Andrea Adams-Miller with the Red Carpet Connection. And we have got a very cool show, a show that I guess almost has been waiting 22 and a half years to be told and aired. But uh, time happens and opportunities happen with it when it's ready. So we're excited about this big show. This is a show sponsored by Perfect Publishing as well as Big Events USA and Red Carpet Connection. So Andrea, how are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm calling from Chicago this lovely morning. Super. So I understand you had a really great event. So we'll talk about that event next time because we have so many things to talk about in this show. I wanted to bring Jerry Schwartz on the air right away. He is a friend of mine for at least a couple decades, and he was the person who introduced me to BNI, and he introduced it in a big way. I asked him a question when I was starting a DJ company called Absolute Entertainment. What should I do, Jerry? I want to be a, a... a company that's actually known throughout the state as well as DC and uh, I have nothing but time in my hands to network and meet people and he suggested well how many breakfasts and lunch can you do in a week and uh, after looking at my schedule I signed up for five and did those five for an entire year and my business was never the same I had so many connections so many people giving me leads to event planners as well as just all kinds of professionals in the event space and I had a banner year and the following year I just thank Jerry so much for the difference that made and I've been uh, an ambassador in front of BNI for I guess ever since and I have prodded him to make an introduction to Dr. Ivan Meisner who we're going to have on the air for a full hour to pick his brain and hear all the wisdom of what he has created through BNI International. So, Jerry, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes out of your schedule to be on the air. Ken, it's been a pleasure knowing you for over 20-plus years. You know, the business that we started together as a business relationship turned into a personal relationship, and it's been so tremendous over the years about how we've been able to connect with each other and made so many connections for each other as well. Well, being in the event space beyond Absolute Entertainment, when I needed to know information about where I should be and where the big events were, you were someone I could count on to not only be there, but to make an introduction with the host so that we could be there to help promote and help do photography, all kinds of other good stuff. So you have been a very great strategic partner as well. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Well, t- why don't you, uh, first of all, just, uh, I know this is only going to be a couple minutes, but first of all, talk about how you learned about BNI and, and met Dr. Ivan Meisner. Well, actually, it's one of those stories where being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people and having the right circumstances. You know, this goes back, like I said, I've been doing this for 22 years. And uh, a very close acquaintance of mine, Don Morgan, who's the National Director of Canada, was telling me about what he was doing with BNI up in uh, Canada said there was nothing in the Baltimore area currently. He was going to help me. And basically from that relationship that I had from many years back with Don, that brought me into the B&I world, which I can tell you has changed my life tremendously. You know, the concept of what Dr. Meisner has done has not only helped many members build their businesses and education, but this, the education that I've gotten and how I've been able to transform myself and my business over the years has been more than just a an eye-opening experience. Well, you certainly are known as the go-to person in the DMV. That's the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area as the guy who knows anybody in a Rolodex that you want to know and people that can solve big problems and just where things are going on and, and the big things that are going on in the state. So um, I, I, I'm guessing that that has really made a huge difference in all the other things you could possibly do in life. Well, absolutely. One of the cornerstones and one of our our core values in BNI is education and training, and we do a lot of education and training for our members. We have a BNI university. We have tremendous podcasts. We have so much, so many values. But besides that, the education and training that I've gotten over the years—that's what's transformed me into what I am today. Well, since we are talking about the DC, Maryland, Virginia, can you tell people how they can connect with you if they would like to join a BNI group? And how many BNI uh, chapters do you have in this area? Well, I take care of about half of Maryland, and right now I oversee 47 BNI chapters. The easiest way is really just to email me, 
Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, at BNIForSure.com. That's B-N-I, the number four, sure like the seashore, S-H-O-R-E.com. Just send me an email, or if you know Ken, he'll be able to connect with me as well. Well, is there anything else you want to say about Dr. Meisner? Well, Dr. Meisner, like like we said before, he founded BNI. I've known him really since I started in BNI, which is uh, 22 years ago. Here's what's interesting. He's somebody that walks the talk. He isn't just somebody that writes a book and says, okay, now you go do this, but I'm going to be doing something different. He literally eats and breathes all the information that he gives you. He's educated himself over the years, and he's been such a giver to so many BNI executive directors like myself. He's somebody that has mentored me and so many other business people. He's somebody that if, he, if he's on your team, you're really going to be successful. I totally agree. You know, I had a thought just now while you were talking about uh, the, the amount of chapters you have. I've only probably visited maybe a dozen or so. I think uh, Andre and I are going to come up with something that we will put on the comment section. We just got to figure this out. But I think I'm going to donate my Friday afternoon, at least some part of it, to open up our studio and just doing headshots for people that are BNI members in the Maryland area as a thank you and give them kind of that fresh look for 2019 and uh, maybe even enroll them in being in the Keep smiling if they're a leader and a, a person that you recommend, okay? How's that, Jerry? That sounds awesome. And by the way, just so anybody who's listening knows, Ken can do magic with his uh, camera. He even makes me look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry, you have been a great friend, and uh, I just uh, I can't believe how long it's been. I, I wouldn't have known until we had this show that it's already been over a couple decades. So thank you so much for everything you've done for my life, my business, my family, and I look forward to the next 10 or 20 years with you. You're a great guy. Thank you. You, you, you bet you can. It's been an awesome experience with uh, the two of us working together, and I uh, wish you all the best and all the listeners. Enjoy Dr. Meisner. All right. Thank you. All right, Andrea, if you'd please introduce our famous Dr. Meisner, Ivan Meisner. I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Ivan Meisner, who is not only the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, Business Network International, he's also an author, a humanitarian, and an expert in the field of business networking. You see, he has traveled all over the world discussing referral networking and the personal and professional development of being excellent in that field and in your field. He has been featured in New York Times, the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, and on networks like CNN. MSNBC, and he's been named one of the top networkers to follow by Forbes magazine. He's written over 22 books, and he's taught business management at several universities. And in 2016, he was awarded the John C. Maxwell Leadership Award, and he's the past recipient of the Red Cross Humanitarian of the Year Award and and for being, you know, the co-founder of the BNI Foundation. He sits on the University of Laverne Board of Trustees, and when he's not traveling or giving speeches. He hangs out with his wife, Elizabeth, and has their three kids visit off and on. And they hang out in Lake Austin and explore vineyards all across the globe. Welcome to the show, Ivan. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And if I can just say thanks uh, to Jerry Schwartz for his kind words. I'm I'm humbled by what he said. Uh, Jerry, uh, I'm sure you're listening. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And it's been great having you on the team for 22 years. Well, thank you. I know that he's going to be uh, sharing this broadcast tomorrow because we have obviously a certain amount that can fit a live broadcast in our schedule during the day, but we are going to be pushing this out to anyone who actually wants to increase their business in 2019, and that should be almost everyone. So (laughs) thank you for taking time with us. Uh, I know you have not only a busy schedule, but you actually have a very busy media schedule, so we feel very privileged and honored to have you on the show. I'm happy to do it. Um, I'm sort of the Colonel Sanders of BNI now. I I do the interviews. (laughs) Well, um, I noticed uh, the co-founder part, so let's start off with that. Uh, Who else was the other person who founded it? Well, the co-founder of the BNI Foundation. I'm the founder of BNI. It was just me. Um, uh, But my wife and I co-founded the BNI Foundation, which supports children and education all over the world. We've been doing that for 20 years now. Super. So we're going to go to the philanthropic humanitarian part a little later in the show. Let's start off with your story. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone that is in BNI knows you at this depth, so we're going to assume that this information could be really new to them. So if you'll start off with where you were born and just kind of take us through the years to the point where you made a decision (laughs) to create BNI. And you can do this in less than 
like five minutes. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, I can I can do it uh, much much shorter. Um, I um, I was born in Pittsburgh. My family moved to Southern California when I was six years old. They didn't really know Southern California, and we moved to South Central LA. Yes, South Central <laughs> LA. Uh, it was oh, a, my goodness. a pretty tough neighborhood. Uh, we were there for about a year and moved to the Azusa area in Southern California. So I grew up in Azusa. Very, very humble beginnings. Um, I was accepted to a private university, but couldn't afford it. Uh, I got a scholarship for about half of the tuition, but I couldn't afford it. I was uh, accepted to Occidental uh, College. And uh, so I went to a junior college, Citrus College, uh, Cal Poly Pomona for my bachelor's degree, and then went on to USC for both my um, my, do- uh, my master's and doctorate, and, and went thoroughly into debt uh, with student loans. Uh, even though I had some scholarships, it was you know, it was, uh, interesting I, and a lot less expensive really today than the universities are. Uh, it's a lot less expensive then than the universities are today. Um, I, I was in business and, and was a manager for a, uh, a company and started my own consulting business. And uh, I was 28 years old. I was a management consultant and lost a big client that I thought would renew their contract. Was desperate for business. And I put together a group of people I trusted. They trusted me. Uh, and we started passing referrals to each other. I didn't like the networks that I had gone to. They were either too mercenary or too social. And I wanted something that was about business but also had some accountability. And so I put together this uh, group called BNI. And I think BNI is the classic example of necessity being the mother of invention. I needed referrals and got almost all my business through referrals. So I put this group mm-hmm. together. We started passing referrals to each other. We only take one person per profession. And someone came to me and asked if uh, I would help them open up a second chapter because she couldn't join because her profession was represented. And, and can I actually, and a lot of people don't know this, I actually said, no, this isn't what I do. I'm a business consultant. I don't, <laughs> I don't run a network. And she said, well, this is kind of consulting. You'll help me build my business. I said, okay, fine. So we opened up a second chapter, and we had a lot of people come. Two couldn't join because of a conflict in profession. And they both asked, would you help me open up my own network? And I said, no, this isn't what I do. I'm a, I'm a business consultant. And, wow. um, but they talked me into it, and we opened up groups. So I ended up opening 20 chapters the first year by mistake. Wow. Now, here's the lesson that every business person can learn from. And that is, at the end of the year, I looked back. I always spend some time between Christmas and New Year's assessing uh, my goals and, where I, and what my future goals are. And that year, I spent most of my time thinking, what the heck just happened? I opened 20 of these groups, and I didn't plan on opening anything but one. And it, it struck me that we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world, and that this was an opportunity uh, to help people generate referrals when they don't know how. The lesson here is that when you find yourself, you find yourself being pulled through the marketplace, because usually in business you're pushing and pushing and pushing, but whenever you find something that you're just being pulled through the marketplace like I was, you better pay attention. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I paid attention and created a plan to make uh, BNI, uh, to scale BNI, and as of yesterday, as of Friday morning, last Friday we had... 8,657 chapters with 243,242 members in 73 countries. Nice. That's my story. That's your story. You're sticking to it? <laughs> At least this week you're sticking to it because next week it could be bigger. <laughs> oh, it will be bigger because uh, I get a daily report. Uh, and that's one of the things I think uh, business people, you know, lessons learned for business people is you got to know your numbers. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. know your numbers. I get a daily report that tells me exactly how many chapters ha- we have, exactly how many members we have uh, all around the world. I get it five days a week, um, all year long. That's amazing. You know, when you started college, I'm curious, did you start college saying, you know, I want to go into a master's, get a doctorate? Did you have that all planned out? No, actually, I went to college um, to pre-law. Uh, I was going to be an attorney. And I actually was accepted to law school uh, after my bachelor's degree. And, and Ken, I wish I could tell you I know exactly why I changed my mind, but I don't. I just decided that 
being an attorney was not, it was, it was my goal in junior high and high school, even through college, but that as an adult now, a young adult, that that really wasn't what I wanted to do. So I went on just to, to, to I always thought I'd get a higher education. Um, and so I just did a master's degree in organizational behavior with a focus on organizational behavior just because I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do. I did the doctorate for probably a stupid reason. <laughs> the reason was <laughs> that I didn't get the law degree, and, and I always I felt a little bad that I didn't get that law degree, but I didn't want it at some point. And so I did the doctorate just to prove to myself that if I wanted a law degree, I could have done it. <laughs> That's why I got a doctorate, which, by the way, I don't recommend for anybody to, to get a doctorate for that reason. Well, actually, that it just is a conversation I wasn't expecting to have with you, but I saw a video that was kind of perplexing about two weeks ago, and it was asking uh, the question, should you send your kids to school or kids, should you go to college uh, because they're dumbing down college a bit and it, it, there's so many A's being given, but yet the margin of knowledge that you have between your senior year and your senior year of college is starting to become negligible because of that, uh, of, of what they're accusing as dumbing down college. So I was just going to ask you that real quick. Well, I don't know that they're dumbing down college. I mean, I taught for 16, 17 years at a couple of uh, universities in California. I didn't see that, but I haven't taught for about 15 years. So, um, I, you know, I think the United States in particular is still considered uh, to have the best university system in the world. I'm concerned that it's one of the few things that we still have the best of, but it is one that we still have the best of. So I'm not sure that that's true, but I don't, I don't, have, I don't have hard evidence anymore because I don't teach in the university system. Well, that was a quick little tangent. So let's uh, talk about when you met your wife. Yeah. So I met my wife in BNI. She was a BNI member, and it was the best referral I ever got. <laughs> uh, we met at a BNI uh, leadership team training. So BNI is not only great for getting business referrals, but you can actually meet uh, significant others. <laughs> there are so many BNI <laughs> marriages. Uh, it's, I always love it when I when I hear that uh, two people met in BNI and, and got married, I think it's in part and parcel. It's you know it's business people who have similar professional interests of some of some kind, and they meet uh, on a regular basis because BNI we meet every week. So you get to meet somebody and get to know them in a business context, but th- that's a great way to lead to you know building other relationships. And I met my wife in BNI, and uh, we got married. We didn't start dating until about 88. I met her in 86. We started dating in 88, and we got married in 1989. We've now been married 29 years. That's really cool. And I will agree with you. You, you form a lot of friendships in BNI because of the collaborative mindset and the social aspect of it, too. They, you're encouraged to bring friends and other businesses that you trust to the group so that it can work that much better. Uh, talk about the, uh, the size of the group. What is an optimal size for a BNI group? And why? Well, the statistical mean worldwide is uh, just under 30 members, but we believe the optimal uh, size for chapters 50 to 60 members. Uh, one of the things that we've found is that it, it's, what, it's something I call the squared connection effect. That when you have, um, when you double the size of the connections that you have, you actually quadruple the. Um, the number, if you double the size of people in the network, you quadruple the number of connections. Let me see if I can give you an example. If you have 20 people in a network, you've got 400 connections between those 20 people. Uh, But if you have 40 people, uh, you have 1,600 connections. So instead of 400 connections, you have 1,000 interconnections between those 40 people. So that as you double the size of your personal network, you quadruple the number of potential connections that you actually have. Uh, it's called the squared connection effect. That plays out statistically in increased referrals, substantial increased referrals. We've found that when a chapter doubles its size, it, it triples the number of referrals. It doesn't quite quadruple, but it triples the number of referrals that are generated uh, within a BNI chapter. Now, last year, the organization passed 13.1 million referrals, and we generated 11.1 billion, with a B, 11.1 billion U.S. dollars worth of business for our members all around the world. Uh, just so you know, Ken, 11.1 billion is about the same as the gross domestic product 
for the country of Liechtenstein. <laughs> a great country. <laughs> a very small one, a small, but a very great it's a one. small country, I know, but still, how cool is that? It, so it's very cool, and actually, Liechtenstein is a... business as a small nation in the world. I'm looking for a bigger nation next year, but I still think it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, Liechtenstein has one of the highest uh, per capita income, though. It's, it's, it's right up there with Switzerland. Yeah, very few people like, know that, but it's true. Yes, and I did not Google that. I, I went to Liechtenstein, and I was warned by Google, do not go there. It is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's about the size of D.C., as, as it, I recall. Yeah, yep, and it has, a, it has some very expensive beer and pizza. <laughs> and, and some nice castles. We also have some a nice castles. Yeah, do you really? Yeah, we do. Well, that's probably one of the more exciting parts of Liechtenstein. <laughs> probably. Well, you know, uh, that's actually saying a lot, $1.1 billion in comparing to Liechtenstein, because I, anyone who does know anything about that country, there's a lot of money and a lot of per capita abundance there. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I do actually uh, understand why that would be the case, because your general BNI 12 people is very much in the financial sector, and they play nice together. But when you start broadening the amount of non-competitive uh, opportunities in a BNI group, then you're actually able to say, oh, well, I roll out my Rolodex here, and now I can give five referrals or six instead of just one or two people that are buying a house or need insurance that week. So I can right. certainly and and for the millennials that. that are listening, a Rolodex is not a watch. <laughs> that is right. That was very nice, very nice. Um, okay, so with a BNI chapter that you go into, what I noticed that the people that are able to give referrals near the end of the group, they're the ones who seem to get the most referrals too. Yeah, there is uh, a pattern of people who are giving a lot of business, getting a lot of business, and the reason for that is that they're engaged. There was a study done by the Journal of Psychology a few years ago that found that people that are highly engaged in any organization are 40% more productive than those who are not highly engaged in that organization. And so part of that engagement, it means, uh, you know, giving referrals. It also means doing one-to-ones with people and uh, and and. Uh, being active in the learning, one of the things that Jerry talked about was one of our core values is lifelong learning, and so education and training, these are all uh, ways to be engaged, and the more engaged people are, the more referrals they both get and receive. So I'm going to just ask one more question for this segment and then bring Andre in, but the question I have is something that may be obvious, but if you can make it a little more elaborate, what, what would you recommend when someone does visit a BNI group, how they should observe, behave, and contribute? I'd be a sponge. I'd learn as much as you can. If you're visiting, I'd be a sponge. I'd learn as much as you can, and I'd have individual conversations with people that you meet. Come early. Uh, stay a little bit late. Have conversations with people. Make sure it's a good fit. You know, you, you want to make sure that the people you surround yourself with are um, the kind of people that you want to work with on a regular basis because it's all just think networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. About cultivating relationships with other business professionals. So I would have conversations with people both before the meeting, after the meeting. I would observe, I would watch how organized the group is, how structured the group is. And here's one that people don't usually hear me, they hear me say, but they don't hear said often about me. And I watch to see if the group is having fun. Mm-hmm. I know I'm in a great group when they're structured, they follow the process, and I walk out of the meeting and my cheeks hurt because I've been laughing so much, having a good time. If you find a group like that, then don't blink, submit an application. Cool. So I'm going to push the envelope a little bit, and hopefully uh, (laughs) you'll receive this. But there's something called the ninja trick, like the thing that people don't know. Would you like to share something that you don't normally tell people that would make all the difference in their success in a BNI group or any networking organization? Well, gee, you know, I I try to be really out front, up front with everybody and share everything they need to know. Um, here's a, here's an advanced technique. How's that? This cool. is one that I don't talk about a lot because people aren't quite this far along, and it's counterintuitive. When you receive a referral, let's say you're in a networking group, you get a referral, and it's a really good referral, and you go to that referral that to, to do business to sell them your product or service the first thing you should do after you 
Well, even before you ask about them, you should ask about you know, what their needs are and the normal sales process. Before you do anything, certainly before you try to sell them anything, even if it's a good referral, here's the number one thing to do. Edify the individual that gave you the referral. Mm-hmm. So let's say, Ken, you referred me to do business with Andrea, and, and I go to Andrea and meet with her. The very first thing I should do when I'm talking to Andrea, is to talk about you. Uh, hey, I'm really glad that Ken introduced us. Wow, isn't Ken a great guy? You know Ken, I know Ken. He's really fantastic. And then get specific as to why. Why is Ken good? He's really good at what he does. Here's, here's what I found that he's really good about what he does. So I edify you. That's, that's sort of networking 401. That's a little more advanced. And, mm-hmm. and it's counterintuitive because people are like, really? You do that? Yeah, you, you do that because mm-hmm. then you are building a bridge between you, between, I'd be building a bridge between me and Andrea, and that bridge is you. Build that bridge. And by edifying you, uh, I get a step up in Andrea's opinion of me because I'm so positive about you. It's a technique that um, we usually talk about when we're teaching people later in the game, because first they've got to learn how to give referrals and what to do when they receive them. But later, that's an important one. How's that? That's great. And Ivan, I need to kind of, I guess, preface the rest of the show that this is, uh, we're celebrating the beginning of our fourth year on October 6th. And so it is at a 400 level college class level. So you can actually go at 400 level because there are people that have been listening in three years. They won't let go of anything else on a Monday morning but this. In fact, they'll replay it a couple times. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so um, let's go with my last short question, and then we're going to have Andrea ask a question. My last short question is, what is the number one thing people do that sabotage their success in networking or BNI? I, you know, I'll go more general, not just BNI, but absolute hands down, the biggest mistake that people make in business, without a doubt, in my opinion, is they do a thousand things six times instead of six things a thousand times. You want to be successful in business? Buckle up and do six things a thousand times. Now, entrepreneurs, sometimes they're a little ADD and they bounce around a little bit. They're constantly chasing bright, shiny objects. Stop that. (laughs) You find six things and you do it a thousand times. Now, it doesn't have to be six. It could be five. It could be seven. It's a handful of things, but you do them over and over and over again. You're a dog with a bone and you are persistent. And what I find happen is that uh, businesses they just keep floating around from one thing to another thing. Now, how do you know which six things to do? Mentors, people who have been successful, that you know have been successful, get their opinions. Uh, virtual mentors, shows like this are perfect because you get a virtual mentor. You're listening to somebody. You go, wow, that, make, that guy makes sense. Then go to their blog, go to their YouTube channel, go to their books, and, and then get that virtual mentor to help you figure out what those six things are and then be a dog with a bone. Do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. Give an example of maybe just one or two things that would be something you do a lot. So for me, it was, um, let's look at BNI. BNI is meeting, uh, it's timed repetition. Every single week for an entire year, we meet and we have a process. We open up with open networking. Everyone has a chance to stand and introduce themselves and give a weekly presentation. The visitors do a week. We have a system and a structure and we do it week in and week out. And it's possible that people start getting bored unless they figure out how to keep it lively and there are ways to keep it lively. But that's B&I is the poster child for doing six things a thousand times because it's a set system every week that everyone does to generate business. Awesome. All right. And Andrea, did you want to ask a quick question? Well, I know we need to go to break, so I'll wait till afterwards. Super. So you are listening to Ken Rashan with Amplified and the co-founder of Big Events USA and co-host Andrea Adams-Miller with the Red Carpet Connection. And we are sponsored by Perfect Publishing, the Keep Smiling Movement today. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are back for the second segment, and we are excited about hearing more from Dr. Ivan Meisner. This is Ken Rashan, founder of the Umbrella Syndicate, and the show is sponsored by Big Events USA and Keep Smiling and Perfect Publishing. Andrea Adams Miller has a question for Ivan. Go ahead, Andrea. Well, I have a bunch, but I'll try to limit it. I, I did want to edify you as well um, and compliment you, uh, Dr. Meisner, um, as a uh, I used to be a college professor, and, and now Ken and I, I'm his publicist, and he and I travel all over the world and go to all these events and conferences and seminars, and we practice a lot of the skills that you guys have, you know, we've learned through BNI and through uh, practicing the things that we know about connecting with other people. And one of those um, aspects of traveling is that we have um, noticed that with you, when you are reaching out to people as far as your connectability, it's not just so much that you're connecting people across the world together within a BNA chapter, but across from chapter to chapter as well. So your, you know, your expansion goes beyond the, the small spider web in your area. So I'd like you to address that, and I'd like you to address how you guys came up with the limits of um, how many uh, leads people should give a week and stuff as far as um, accountability. How many how many referrals they should give a, a week? Right, because I know that you um, you have a suggestion of what people should do, and I always uh, it always was hysterical when we would do that. Um, and the thing I would always overachieve that, and actually, um, it was hysterical. <laughs> Got it. Well, great question, uh, Andrea. Thank you very much, and please uh, call me Ivan. Um, so, one of the things that I wrote about in an article on Entrepreneur.com eight years ago was what I believe to be the future of networking. You asked about you know the, the, the small spider web, the big spider web. Um, and in the future of networking, and I wrote in that article that I think the, the future uh, of networking, really powerful networking organizations, is both face-to-face and online. The integration of online networking is going to be critical to the effective development of a powerful personal network. And so... At that time, I started working on a system called BNI Connect, which if, you, if you're a BNI member, you um, have basically what amounts to a LinkedIn that's a walled garden. You have to be part of BNI to play in the garden. And it connects all 243,000 members worldwide. So in BNI, you could be a local business but have a global network. You'd be a local business in a local community, but have a global network. And a global network that has a philosophy that is similar worldwide. I mean, if you can go to any chapter anywhere in the world and ask, what's, what's the principal uh, core value of BNI or the philosophy of BNI? And, and any chapter around the world will tell you two words, giver's gain. If you want to get business, you have to be willing to give business to other people. So I think the technology is the piece that, that uh, pulls the spider web uh, uh, together on a very broad sense. And um, you know, we started working on that almost uh, eight years ago. As for the number of referrals, uh, we don't have a maximum. People can certainly bring as many as they want. We do, we do have a thing we call the power of one, which is you know, every week try to bring a referral, uh, try to bring a visitor once a month, try to bring... A uh, do a one CEU that is you know sharpen your axe, continue to learn. Um, do a do one one to one, and that's called the power of one, and it's a way of helping to give people a target to aim towards to create a really strong personal network. That makes sense. It does. Thank you very much. Well, I wanted to move over to more personal. Uh, how you balance 
your your family man, a father, have three kids, if I recall. How did you actually achieve this from a standpoint of having the same practice you do in BNI be applied to fatherhood? And what did you raise your kids like? Yeah, so you want the secret to balance? I can give you I do. the secret to balance. You ready? I want it. I want it. <laughs> Go for it. Forget about balance. You'll never have it. <laughs> now, usually people have different reactions. Laughing's one. Uh, if I'm doing a bigger audience, I'll get somebody who goes, oh, no. You know, I got... Okay, so that's the bad news. Here's the good news. Well, first, let me tell you why it's bad news. What, what we look at was balance. Was we have this vision in our mind of Lady Justice holding the scales of justice, and our life has to be fully balanced, and our spiritual life has to be in balance with our personal life and with our business career, and all of these things, our health has to be in complete balance. And if you're in this day and age, especially if you're an entrepreneur, your life's out of balance. My life was, is, was more so than today, was particularly crazy out of balance. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Although you may not be able to have balance, I really believe you can have and create a life of harmony. And it's more than semantics. It means that there are times where your life is out of balance one direction, so you make it out of balance in another direction at another time. And I'm not talking about years. I'm talking about week. You know, one part of the week is out of balance this way. You've got to get it back in balance. Even the logo for harmony the yin and the yang are out of balance if you separate them. Mm-hmm. Leave together to, be, to they come into balance. And so I believe in harmony. I've written a lot about this. I've got a new book coming out where I write a lot about it. And let me give you two techniques to create a life of harmony versus balance. One technique, so simple sounding, very difficult. Be here now. Three words, be here now. Wherever you are, be there. If you're at work, don't be thinking about the kids. Uh, the, the fact that you didn't spend time with the kids last night. If you're at home, don't be thinking about that work project you have. Wherever you are, be fully present. There's one more technique, and I go deeper in these in what I write about, but here's one more technique. Practice letting go and holding on. Contrary to popular belief, you cannot have it all. I do not believe you can have it all. So you have to um, differentiate those things that are really important in your life and those things that aren't important, you have to prioritize them and you have to practice letting go the things that aren't on your personal life mission. And you have to practice hanging on to all of those that are important to you. And if you do those two and a number of other things, you can have a life of harmony. I had a life way out of balance, but I had a life that I felt was very harmonious. Well, you know, the comment you made just now, as well as the one about the do six things a thousand times instead of a thousand things six times, uh, kind of was reminiscent of the Bob Newhart skit, Orange, Just Stop It. And <laughs> I thought it was just really good that you just said, just stop, just stop thinking yeah. you can have balance. <laughs> All right. So yeah, how, I, how about the kids? Well, here's one thing to stop. Stop beating yourself up. It's, your life's not perfectly in balance because life is messy. So try mm-hmm. to create a life of harmony. Um, and if you can do that, the more you do that, the, 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 the happier you're going to be. Let me tell you one really quick story. My son was 17. He's now 26 years old. He was seven, no, 25 years old. He was 17. We're sitting down. We're playing, we're playing Halo. And he's, of course, kicking my butt uh, on the TV. And, and I turned to him and I said, hey, buddy, was I around enough as you were growing up? And he looked at me and he, like I was insane. And he said, you're around all the time. Now, this is when I was traveling six months out of the year during the week. I was always mm-hmm. home on weekends. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I travel a lot, right? He said, yeah, but like when you're here, you're, you're totally here. Can, can we get back to the game now? I'm like, yeah, we can get back to the game now. So to me, that was a huge success because I traveled a lot, but I made sure to be as fully present as humanly possible when I was there. It made all the difference in the world, I think. And of the 22 books you've written, um, what is one of them that you recommend someone grabbing the first if they haven't read any others? So, you know, it's like picking your kids. It's really hard to do. But if you I thought you'd want, say that. <laughs> uh, a great book on networking. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's no good. It's never good to pick one of your kids. But uh, if you want a great book on networking, um, get the second edition of Networking Like a Pro. It's a primer on how to build a powerful personal network. If you want a general book on business, uh, get a book. Um, that I did called Masters of Success. I loved that book. Uh, and it was from that book that I started re- really thinking about and writing about harmony. 
But I think I'm going to have a, 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 a new favorite coming up soon. So before we end, let's talk about my, my book coming out soon. Well, actually, let's do it right now. Go ahead. Okay. So I got a book coming out in November of 2018, and the book is called Who's in Your Room? I believe this will be the most life-changing book I have ever written. It's my first self-development book. I talk about balance versus harmony in there. And let me see if I can give you 60 seconds on the concept of the book. Imagine you live your life in one room, and that one room has one door. And that one door is an enter-only door. So that when people come into your life, they're there forever. You can never get them out. Now, luckily, this is a metaphor, but let's come back to that in a moment. But let's say, you know, you can get them out of your life. So if this were true, would you be more selective about the people that you let into your room? If, the, if my metaphor were true, you can't let them out. Would you be more selective? Andrea and, and, and Ken, would you be more selective about letting people into your life if you couldn't get them out? Absolutely. Yeah, everybody says yes. Everyone I talk to says, "Yeah, I'd be more." I, you so, know, Ivan, I want to say, I want to say no, just so you could say there was this one guy on the show. <laughs> so, here's my argument uh, about why it's really not a metaphor. Let me ask you a question. Think of someone that you have gotten physically out of your life. I want you to put them in your mind, and everyone listening, think of that one person that's out of your life. And that makes my story uh, invalid in your mind. Mm. You two have somebody in your mind that you're thinking of? Mm. Yes? Yes. If they're in your head, they're still in your life. Mm. Because the decisions that you make for the rest of your life will be based in part on the experience that you had with them. So they may be out of your life, but they're still in your head. And if they're in your head, they're in your room. Mm. And so what you have to do is be more selective about the people that you bring into your life, and you have to learn how to deal with the people that were in your life. They may be physically out, but they're still in your head. You have to learn how to deal with that. And you have to learn how to deal with the people that just aren't going to get out of your life. Family, for example. And so the book is about getting good with your values, understanding how to screen that door, and how to deal with the people that are in your life when they're there. It's a tight read, 15,000 words. I think it's going to be the, the, the biggest book I've ever written in terms of, of uh, impact. sales. Yeah, and, and certainly impact. Well, congratulations. Uh, 2019 is not right around the corner, but we're in our fourth quarter approaching it. So um, what are a couple things that you'd recommend people start actually putting in momentum for next year to include getting your book? Well, you know, one of the things I tell business people get so busy doing, 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 they're not thinking and they're not planning. You've got to set time aside uh, for where you want to go, whether you own your own business or not. You have to set goals for your life. And it, it, that's like a, I know that's an age old, uh, really? He's talking about goals again. So let me give you two suggestions on setting goals for 2019 and beyond that you may not hear regularly. Here's one, reverse engineer your goals. So whatever your goal is uh, for achieving in 2019, so by the end of 20, December 2019, uh, reverse engineer, where are you going to be in December? Where are you going to be in November? Where are you going to be in October? Where are you going to be in September? Where are you going to be in August? You reverse engineer it. So what happens is people set a goal, and it's now uh, you know July or August. They're halfway through the year, and they, they're like, oh, yeah, I set that goal. Where is that? How am I doing towards it? <laughs> they have no idea. So you can't hit targets you're not aiming at. You've got to aim at it, and then you've got to measure. That's why I get daily reports. We have goals for our organization. So I know I have 8,657 chapters because I get a daily report, which tells me how am I today compared to my goal at the end of the year. Reverse engineer your goals, that's one. Um, a second. That's perfect. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep going. No, that's a good one. How's that? That is a good one. And I'll tell you what, we are... 
we're, we were uh, talking back and forth that we should actually start rapid fire a little early this time because we have so many questions we're not going to have time to ask. So this will be, a, a, I guess, an exercise that's going to be more of a mini marathon of us asking quick questions and you giving quick answers. And maybe we'll hopefully get up to six or eight if, we, if we're lucky. All right. I'll All right. tell you what, I thought of that second one. If I could do it real quick, set three yeah, levels of goals. Dancing on the roof goals where you never thought it would be possible. It was in range, but you weren't so sure. Your, your target goals and your floor goals, you shouldn't be in business if, you're, if you don't hit this. So set three levels of goals, not just one. There's two, two uh, recommendations for goals. All right, rapid fire. I'm ready for you. <laughs> All right, so I will go ahead with, besides the books that you have written and the recommendations you've made inside of those books, what's a book that changed your life? The first book to change my life was Psycho-Cybernetics, uh, written by Maxwell Maltz. It was given to me by a high school football coach, and it absolutely set, the, set me on the path to self-development. I got that in 1973. And who wrote that? Maxwell Maltz, M-A-L-T-Z. There have been a lot of books written you know, along. It's certainly The Secret um, by Rhonda Byrne is very similar to that, but this came out many, many, many years before <coughs> Rhonda's book. The psycho the power of positive thinking. Super. And so we're going to put links uh, on the show tomorrow when it comes on iTunes for you to get yeah. these links to Amazon for Dr. Uh, Meisner's books as well as the one he just recommended. Andrea? Thank you. And the business book that really uh, impacted me the most is The E-Myth by my friend Michael Gerber. The E-Myth for the Entrepreneurial Myth. That changed my business. Yes, that is an amazing book. And certainly a book that asks you the question – why so many businesses fail, it's because they don't practice the E-myth. <laughs> All right, Andrea? Uh, this one's a personal one to you. Since you like to go to vineyards, what is the top vineyard on your bucket list? Oh, I've been to the top vineyard on my bucket list. Um, they would include uh, Chateau Montalena, um, Opus One, and Quintessa. As you might guess, I'm a big, bold Cabernet or Bordeaux-style kind of guy. I was curious. I'll tell you what's on my bucket list, though, about wine. I'm working on a sommelier certificate for no good reason other than I just like wine. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be nice to talk tarar with you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you had mentioned that you have BNI in 72 countries. Have you been to all 72? Have you been to a lot more? Uh, 73. I have not been to all 73 of the countries that we're in, but I've been into most of them. And your favorite? Home. Home? Home? I travel oh, so much. With the a silent place H? For me to go is with a silent stay home. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. Andrea? That's the truth. Uh, so um, reading as a child is a huge influence. So what did you read as a child that you remember that stuck with you? Uh, when I was a teenager, my mother gave me 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke, and it was the beginning of my love of science fiction. What a mm-hmm. tremendous book that was. Wow. Ivan, your favorite uh, hero? It's got to be probably my dad. And why is that? Oh, he was an amazing man. Um, you know, if I have any people skills whatsoever, it's from my mother. <laughs> he did not. My dad did not have people skills, but my dad had an amazing work ethic. He was a very quiet and very powerful man, and um, absolutely my hero. There were a couple things that happened as a young boy that I was like, "Wow, he—he's cool. He's amazing." What did he do? Oh, I was mauled by a dog when I was. Um, about 11 years old, um, it was part shepherd, part, part I mean, part uh, husky, part wolf, and just mauled me. I had like 45 stitches all over mm. my body, and um, at the end of the 30-day quarantine for the dog, he said, hey, yeah, come with me, and we walked on down to this guy's, I've, I've never told this on air, by the way, Thank you. we walked down to the neighbor, and I never heard my dad swear, he never swore, I mean, I think I've heard him swear, I, I, he passed away a couple of years ago, twice in my life, this, this was one of them. And uh, he said um, to the man, he said, uh, the dog's out of quarantine tomorrow. And the man said, yeah. And uh, he said, uh, okay, I want the dog gone. And the guy said, no, I'm not going to get rid of the dog. And my, 
My child would probably get arrested today doing what he did. But he basically said what he would do to the man, to the dog first, and it was uh, pretty aggressive. And there was a bad word, bad word included, and uh, and then he was going to come for the man if he didn't get rid mm. of that dog. I remember standing there looking at my dad. He's really big, tall guy, and I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't know my dad had that in him. Scared the guy so much, the dog was gone the next day, and the dog should have been gone. It was a it was a threat to the neighborhood, obviously. Yeah, he loved you. Andrea? The story is really better than that, but I can't say it live on on radio. (laughs) Yeah, I I figured that. But but that's very powerful, just as you stated it. Well, thanks for editing the George Carlin words. Uh, Yes, since we're speaking about zero heroes, what's your superpower if you could have one? Persistence. Listen, absolutely, and it's the six things a thousand times. And, uh, you know, I I walk into a room, and I may not be the smartest man in the room, I may not be the most talented man in the room, but I am almost always the most persistent man in a room. And that has served me well for my entire life. Well, we're getting down to the last minute or so, so extra quick answers, but I did want to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to the people you love and you could say their names. Oh, well, my, my bride of 29 years is absolutely my life mate, Elizabeth. And my three kids, uh, Ashley, uh, Cassie, and Trey. I mean, the family is what it's all about. And uh, I certainly love my family. And uh, let's go ahead with a quote you live by. So there's a few, but I think one of the first quotes that I lived by was, um, my mother gave me a paperweight when I was 13 years old. She said, honey, you're a you're a bull in a china shop. You have to learn how to work with people. She gave me a paperweight that's on my desk to this day. It says, diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way. She said that's, that's about great. collaboration, not manipulation, but you have to learn how to collaborate with people. Nice. Well, Dr. Meisner, you have been... Help. Yeah, go ahead. You have, you have been a pleasure to have on the show. You've been amplified, and uh, the hour went too quick. So we're going to make sure your contact information and everything else about the show is geared towards BNI and people having the opportunity to actually grow their business and their life through what you've come up with so brilliantly. So thank you for being on our show. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm happy to come back when, when Who's in Your Room comes out. Happy to come back. That would be wonderful. That. Thank you, Dr. Evan. Have a great thank day. You. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.